You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums. It's here before you die. episode we'll be talking about michael jackson bad in the room i have john your bird is mine <laughs> and on the line i have kyle <laughs> and josh how's it going <laughs> bad is the seventh studio album by american singer and songwriter michael jackson it was released on august 31st 1987 by epic records the producer was quincy jones and the genre is pop rock funk r&b dance soul hard rock. I'm going to read from the book Jim Harrington. Trying to follow any successful album is a daunting task, but no artist has ever faced greater expectations than those Michael Jackson encountered when he went into the studio to attempt to top the biggest selling album of all time, Thriller. It is a credit to Jackson and producer Quincy Jones that the resulting effort did not sound like Thriller 2. The sequel, Bad, was bigger, bolder, and badder than Thriller in just about every sense. That said, the fresh-faced kid who thrilled us with the Jackson 5 and Boogie Into Our Hearts with the 1979 Off the Wall could still be found in Thriller, but by the time Bad hit, the stories of the lofty King of Pop title had thoroughly crushed that side. Jackson was now well on his way to becoming a chimp-loving public oddity. The album kicks off in a Disney <laughs> dance floor fashion with a pair of songs that rank among Jackson's finest, the crotch grabbing anthem title track and the joyful sexy come on the way you make me feel dirty. Diana is a raunchy but forced coming across like a direct statement to rival Prince. The disturbing smooth criminal is a genuine oddity delivered with a panache and energy to spare. But Jackson has rarely sounded more believable than on the gorgeous ballad, I Just Can't Stop Loving You, while the closer, Leave Me Alone, offers a peek at the paranoia behind the facade of the most successful megastar and is an expression of a plead that the world would hear repeated many times. The album would not be a thriller at the box office, but it would still sell 4 million copies by the year's end, which was pretty good for being bad. All right, what do we think of Michael Jackson? Bad. <sighs> the big sigh. Uh, it's a good album. It is. I, it's a fan fucking fantastic record. I don't know if I'd go that far, mm. but I, yeah. I recognize Quincy Jones still has it. Let's just say yeah, that he's yeah. he sure from the fuck off does. the wall yeah. to Thriller to this. It's immaculate, and his production's great. And I am uh-huh. a, a big fan that he he was able to capture all of this. And bring Michael Jackson into the the pop sphere, and something right. that that still sounds even today sounds you know kind of fresh. I mean, <laughs> if you're saying okay, I'm looking back, does this sound like it came directly from the '80s? Maybe not. You know, obviously it's it's a full fledged you know headlong dive into into synth and electronic uh, instruments. But 
you know, it's, <laughs> you know, they're not, not every song on here is a hit. <laughs> yeah. There's some, well, even Quincy Jones says were mistakes, <laughs> but I mean, there were nine singles and one promotional single. Right? Off of, yeah. I'm yeah. wondering which, which, which songs are the mistakes. Oh, Do you want to know the one we'll Quincy Jones? There are some mistake. that I'll, that I'll definitely. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very curious. You want to jump right yeah. into that now? Sure. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, let's can, just, can okay. I say what I think about the album as a whole first? Please, yeah. Josh. Okay, just, uh, I would say there are more, like, there are more great songs than anything else. And 50% or a little more of the record, I would say, is great. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, a good amount of the rest of it is good. There's a throwaway or two, and there's one <laughs> real stinker. And we'll we'll get to that later. Okay. What uh, do you think's the stinker? I want to get to that now. <laughs> Really, right now, okay. Oops, all because stinkers. no, because I, I I feel like Thriller is a great album that has one big stinker on it. Okay, so I'm curious what the stinker is for you. For me, yeah, let's hear Josh's uh, see if they it's, line up. It's uh, it's Speed Demon. What? Oh. Yeah, I agree with Josh that that uh, Speed Demon is not good, but it is not the one that Quincy Jones called a mistake. Uh, look, okay, so here's why I don't like Speed Demon. What John brought up, I totally agree with. You could listen to a lot of this record and not know that it's very 80s, right? A lot of it's timeless. A lot of it ages really well. Speed Demon does not. The the effects. So instead of doing his, you know, beloved vocal noises, he makes a weird little sneeze. Mm-hmm. It's the only time that I've ever heard him do it. Um, he does it throughout the whole intro of Speed Demon. Wait, what are you um, talking about? A little sneeze? Mm-hmm. He makes, yeah, a little sneeze song. When you get to it, you'll, you'll, it's a chipmunk. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it's like a chipmunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a T. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's not, it's not his, like, yeah. John, help me out here. Well, it's not like a <laughs> or a <laughs> It's not that. Yeah. <laughs> or any of his other inhalations. Yeah. Yeah, it's more like a T. Yeah. yeah. All right. You'll hear it. I didn't find that uh, one yeah. so, so offensive, though. Uh, so I think that this one does sounds super 80s, super overproduced. All the things that I think makes someone feel like this is really dated in an 80s way for bad reasons, Speed Demon is that way. Furthermore, the chorus is really boring, not catchy, goofy at best and not in a good way. The way that he hits the demon part of it is just, it. it it's everything that Michael Jackson does, but it doesn't work. <laughs> hmm. um, and so, like he's he's making the noises, he's having the you know he's doing that verse delivery of that like very like you know straightforward spitting kind of thing, and it just doesn't it doesn't work to me. But and and there's a little bit to back me up on this in the sense that it was supposed to be a single, but it got canceled. There were nine <laughs> singles on this record, and that one they canceled it. But to be fair, too, Michael Jackson wrote it because he got a speeding ticket on his way to the studio. And Quincy oh Jones God. was like, yeah, right about your experience, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he that. did right then. Wait, was he wearing like a demon. spooky dis- disguise? when he <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, but, but that was Speed Demon. So to be fair, if, if I wrote a song based on being pulled over uh, and getting a speeding ticket in a few minutes, before we recorded, it would probably be worse. Right? Didn't that yeah. happen to Sammy Hagar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his song was better though. Yeah, way better. <laughs> yeah, it was better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, start off by saying this was the most, uh, has been considered the most anticipated album of all time. Five years in between this and Thriller, so he had, in yeah, again, in the write-up, Thriller was the biggest selling album wow. of all time. 
So you're, I just can't imagine being Michael Jackson being like, all right, let's do it. I guess we, we broke the world with the previous album. I guess we'll try to do that again. It's um, like Chinese democracy. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, uh, this is better than Chinese democracy. <laughs> he did a better job coming out. Yeah. I mean, 35 million sold, like it's nine, nine hit singles. Like pretty, pretty, pretty good job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love this album. <laughs> Wait, I, so well, hold on. Just because there were nine singles doesn't mean that there were all hits. Okay. Right? Yeah. They were not all what? hits. Not, well, and not I, don't, all, I don't know. I'm asking. Well, not all in the United States, <laughs> but there are hits in okay. other countries. All right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so all nine could have been hit somewhere. And to be fair, too, Speed Demon was a promotional single. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was technically because of its popularity in the previous movie. Was that Moonwalker? Moon was that yeah. the, the one right before? Is that right? You say Moonraker? I was about to say Moonraker. Yeah. <laughs> no, Moon, Moonwalker. Right? Moonwalker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your question about Moonwalker? <laughs> well, they're, they're, well, this was a promotional single for the album because of its popularity in a Michael Jackson movie, and I yes. couldn't remember which one timing wise, but I think it would have been Moonwalker. Oh, it was right? Moonwalker. Yes. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I recently watched that movie on mushrooms to prepare for this podcast. <laughs> did, what, did, what did you learn? What secrets of the universe? It's fucking horrifying. <laughs> did you record your experience thinking it was the best uh, album you ever made? Oh my God. Only to listen to it the next day and hear only noises. <laughs> and I was just going, <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my memory of Moonwalker was watching it as a child. Like it was on TV and I was like, Moonwalker, you know? And, <laughs> This is the 80s. My mom walked in and she's like, oh, yeah, he turns into a transformer, huh? He's trying to get the little kids to like him. And I was like, what are you talking about, mom? Oh. Of course, of course, this little boy is like Michael Jackson. And, you know, like I was super into this record. I, I remember buying the 15th anniversary, I think, CD that was like remastered and had a bonus disc. And like I said, I got this on vinyl uh, right before that documentary came out on HBO. Um, I think it's fascinating. I mean. Of course, the production is immaculate. I mean, Quincy Jones, you know, I love the dark synth stuff from, you know, the mid to late 80s. Yep. And I I like the stuff that's kind of like accidentally autobiographical, like Leave Me Alone. Yep. I mean, Leave Me Alone is the last track on the album, right? And it's only on the US version of the release. Mm -hmm. I think the UK version, they take it off. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we talk a lot about now with, with, especially with, uh, albums that are released in, in this era where music videos are so important. Do you guys remember the music video for Leave Me Alone? Yes. It was, it was super yeah. self-referential. Like it had it was Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, it was basically taking all of or a good number of the rumors that were out at the time about him and him just like putting them out on the screen. Like, you know, there was a rumor that he bought the elephant man's bones. And so there's a, a sequence mm-hmm. with him dancing with the elephant man. There's uh, this cryo chamber that he sleeps in Yeah, hyperbaric chamber, you know, scenes featuring bubbles, the chimp. Uh, Like, I think he's there's a sequence where a nose gets chased around by a knife because he really at the time did have his his nose and his chin done. But, you know, lots of people had plastic surgery and then but it became it was it was his first sort of public experience with being called like wacko Jacko Mm -hmm. and these things becoming part of what would follow him for the rest of his life. Mm hmm. But it's just interesting to see that in a video where it's like, okay, I'm just going to lay it all out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. But it- uh, so we're now listening to Speed Demon. <laughs> I, here is what I ask you guys. This is what Okay. So just listen this. to the chorus and you'll hear the Tom Phil. And I think this goes to, to John's point of. I heard the Tom Phil. Most of the record is, uh, you know, kind of timeless, but 
Uh, I think this part in Speed Demon is not. This is a fine driving song. I think it's fine. <laughs> it's not. It's not as bad as what I agree with Quincy Jones is a mistake, which is just good friends. Yeah, that's that's a mistake. And and it's interesting to look at this album overall as saying, okay, it's Michael Jackson coming back five years later. What image does he want to put out? You know, and so he's putting out, okay, here are these things about me. I'm getting this stuff in the public. You know, what do I want to say? Okay, I want to say, yeah, I can romance the ladies. Let me put some mm-hmm. some smooth jams out. Yeah. Let me put out Liberian Girl. Let me put out, you know, I Just Can't Stop Loving You. you the know? way you make me feel. Right? Those are like, yeah, you know, track trying, two. trying to get those, those vibes out there. Yeah. Uh, even Dirty Diana in some ways, you know. But and then you've got, OK, well, I'm also like I'm also tough. <laughs> so I'm going to put out bad, <laughs> you know, and then you see the initial thoughts behind some of the ideas of the songs. And you're like, bad was supposed to be a duet with Prince. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Like, I think Prince said the first line says your butt is mine. Who's singing that to who? Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he turned down the duet there. And then I think uh, I Just Can't Stop Loving You was uh, uh, originally for Streisand or, or Whitney Houston to sing with him. And uh, they both turned it down. They both turned, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, I, and I think that's for the better. I, I yeah. mean, I couldn't imagine those songs with the intended parties. Yeah. Yeah, um, but Just Can't Stop Loving You uh, live, you guys, for that whole bad tour, you know who sang that? Cheryl mm-hmm. Crow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, Cheryl Crow was a background mm-hmm. singer. She she sang that part. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the writer who also wrote Man in the Mirror, which is an incredible song lyrically, she sang, uh, in my opinion, I mean, it's a little cheesy, and it's whatever, uh, but I think it's a great song. That song, she also sang, she sang the back that part and just yeah. can't stop loving you on the next tour, on the Dangerous well, Tour. Well, and on this album. And on the album too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sita Garrett's uh, like a Quincy Jones staple, and mm-hmm. she's performed with, you know, Jackson, Pointer Sisters, um, you know, Donna Summer, Madonna, everybody, literally. So, yeah, I think it was a really good choice. It's That's what you get when you work with a producer like Quincy Jones, too. It's like, I know this guy, I know this guy. You know, like when Michael Jackson was talking about uh, in Thriller, you know, maybe we could get this person to Quincy Jones. Yeah. I got his home phone number. I'll just yeah. call him up. Yeah. See, you know, if you can make it to the studio, <laughs> you know, that's what you get when you get these like big time producers. Yeah. And when you have the kind of money Jackson has, you can just pull it out of your pocket and say, I can do whatever I want. Are you I, talking about the Vincent Price ad lib? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> it's like, you're talking about Vincent Price, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I thought Just Good Friends was interesting. Stevie Wonder's on it. So you, you can imagine Michael's thinking at the time, okay, I'm going to break into, let's have the same mentality as Thriller, right? We got to stack every song to be a hit. That's the idea. We don't have concept albums necessarily with Michael Jackson uh, at this time. It's like every single song is going to be that one single and we'll just spend as much money, as much time as we have to, to get every single one perfect and then just stack them back to back to back to back and everyone will have a slightly different, you know, attitude or element to it. 
I think with bad versus thriller, I think they I kind of disagree with the book saying it's not thriller too. I feel like it, it does rely a little bit on that. It does have some interesting choruses and some like slow jams that I do not think were on thriller. But I mean, bad is just beat it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's, uh, the it's continuation of the yeah. theme. It's a continuation of the theme. Smooth Criminal, you know, kind of does elevate, and maybe the way you make me feel is, a, you know, I feel like that one just kind of uh, goes back to some of his earlier work too. So it's it's interesting. It's it's I'm mixed on it because I feel like, ooh, ooh, I mean, how much better can you do at this stage? You know, like. He's a perfectionist, and it sounds like a very good record, a very singles-heavy record. But at the same time, it's hard. Again, it's hard to compete with your own best record, or at that time, you know. It's interesting because, like, um, you mentioned uh, people comparing uh, "Dirty Diana" to like him trying to cop Prince. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it makes sense. I remember reading reviews of of this record, and a lot of rock critics were calling that like faux rock. Yeah. No, saying it was like, you know, fake and overproduced and he's, you know, trying to pretend like he's a Lothario or something, you know. Yeah, Kreisgau basically called him a poser, which oh, I mean, of course he, he was posing across all these things. I mean, this is not the genuine Michael Jackson person. He never I think somebody said I forget who the, the commentator was said Dirty Diana is a song by a person singing about a girl he would never hang out with and doing things he would never do in a place he would never be. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I don't yeah. know if I if I buy that, to be honest. But I mean, because if you read what Michael said about it, he says it was a lot of the, the people who were around mm-hmm. the dressing rooms and the concert mm-hmm. halls and all that stuff. Right. And so like Billy Jean. I, yeah. I, I mean, it could have been something that he put together. I, I don't know. I, an interesting thing to me, though, with calling it like a faux rock song or his attempt to, to rip that off. Uh, Steve Stevens mm-hmm. from Billy Idol's band did like the lead guitar riffs. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I think that's super interesting too. Well, yeah, you get the person who can who can do it. Well, you had Vetter on Thriller. Ex- uh, yeah, yeah. Or, or Van, Van Halen. Halen. Sorry, <laughs> different. Eddie. Yeah, no, no, for sure. <laughs> right, right. But there's but there's a big difference between Eddie Van Halen and Steve Stevens, though, right? In a lot of ways. Sure. Yes. But uh, but that that was interesting to me, you know, because at the time Eddie Van Halen is you know super big deal. I mean, Billy Idol is a big deal, but people don't necessarily know the name Steve Stevens, right? But you get and, a rock. Uh, anyway, I thought it was cool. Yeah, you get the rocker who can who can produce for uh, the best output for you. So yeah, they know what they're doing for sure. The the is this the same year as uh, Janet Jackson's Black Cat? Because I always thought those are both kind of like real rocking songs. Uh, I can't tell. Is that off of Rhythm Nation? It would have been around. No, it's before Rhythm Nation. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I think rock flowing into these sort of R and B pop hits is becoming something that became more popular from Thriller. From Thriller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was something they said, oh, this is great. People like it. Let's let's run with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that 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 works really well for him. I I do think that when I first saw Bad, too, I did understand that he's playing a character, right? You see the music video. He's, (laughs) you know, they're street toughs. They're basically doing West Side Story in the 80s. Yeah. They're dancing, fight it, you know, like the the sort of like. Right, you didn't think he was a gangster in bad. Yeah, in a, in a yeah, beat ex- it. Yeah, the yeah. the leather jacket. I think that is what got confusing, and also his sort of like public persona just got mixed into this weird amalgamation that people are like, "Oh, what's he trying to do now? Like, who does he think he is? Because he's on top, you know." Yeah, they're always when, gonna try. Well, and he also when you're on top, he, he tear you down. He kind of undermines bad by releasing that music video with a bunch of kids performing it. Have you guys seen that? 
From, I think it's in Moonwalker. It's in Moonwalker. I just watched yeah. Moonwalker two days ago. <laughs> For the first time? Yes. I had seen clips of it, but not the whole thing. I, I never you think saw about the Joe movie. Pesci? I only played the video game at the Just Say No arcade at the Galleria. Yeah. Because it was You guys should check the movie out. It is <laughs> wild. Josh, you've seen it, right? You have to have. No, I, no I've, I've never seen it, actually. Yeah. It's a really, really interesting concept it's fucking of a, fascinating yeah the amount of money they spent on the special effects um and all the like effects is astounding it's like a full-length feature you know effects in oh. this just like short little one hour uh sort of music video yeah. well i mean it doesn't the... even have uh coppola's um <laughs> well scorsese, Captain Neo. Did, scorsese yeah. did did the bad video yeah with wesley snipes playing across from uh Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think there's something really appealing about bad though. I fucking love bad. I'm sorry. It's, it's weird to listen to now. It just has a weird film on it. Um, because that's of a part of it, I guess because of Michael Jackson's. Like, yeah. You can't because of everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I mean, I, I, I can't, I could separate it up into a point. But also that kind of feeds into the weirdness of the record. I don't know. Like, there's something about this record I've always loved. I've always loved that it was like an underdog next to, you know, a thriller. Mm-hmm. I like that it's darker and edgier and more synthy. But also it's just pockets full of weird. There's mm-hmm. weird stuff on here. And I mean, the videos are all weird. Yeah, it tries harder. It does. No, I, yeah. And I definitely appreciate him, him going for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I think that's what you're you're connecting to is that you see an artist. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can even be successful from an album that sells more out like right. the biggest, the album biggest of all album. Time. Yeah, of all time. <laughs> yeah. I'm just. But he always wanted to top himself like with every record. He's competitive. He's like Prince in that he he thinks he can do everything better. Perfection. And that's the that's the kind of attitude I think you have to have when you're when you're talking about, you know, creating pop masterpieces, like constructively uh, doing these things to, to, you know, appeal to everyone at the same time on the same record. Yeah. And then you think about his next record is what dangerous. And it was kicked off the the top spot by Nirvana. You know, it's just yeah, it's changing crazy. world. <laughs> yeah. Sign it. Sign of the times. Uh, one, uh, one quick thing about do Diana. So did you guys read it all about like the, the rumors as to who maybe it was supposed to be about? I, I heard that it, there were allegations that it was the Princess Diana who, in response to that, she said, what? it's not me, but it is one of my favorite songs. And it's my favorite it is. song yeah, no, the album. Yeah, yeah. She said like, that, that is her, that's her favorite Michael Jackson song of all time, is what yeah. she said, right? Which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but his response was, I wrote a song called Dirty Diana. It was not about Lady Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then also, like, I, I love this part. So uh, Diana Ross. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> since they were close friends, some people thought maybe it was about her. Uh, he denied that again. But she started using it as an overture at her concerts just before going on. Um, she would play Dirty Diana. Oh, they were Isn't in the list together. Yeah. That well, is pretty awesome. The sound of Dirty Diana, the the chorus and the music of it, you know, like they're awesome. The the lyrical content, you know, maybe falls apart a little bit when you try to analyze it too much. But, you know, for just walk off music, whatever, that's great. Yeah, man. Smooth Criminal, though, that's that's the song on the album that 
for me is still like my favorite. And I had no idea. I mean, because it's got that refrain, Annie, are you okay? <laughs> Do you know where that comes from? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had yeah, no yes. idea that it was. Resuscitation Annie? Yeah. It's this, this I guess, a French resuscitation uh, guide and named Annie. And part of the training materials are to say, you know, when you're doing your compressions, like check in and say, Annie, are you okay? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, because it, it works. Yeah. <laughs> it fucking works. Yeah. yeah. It fucking works. It's amazing. Yeah. My favorite kinds of pop songs for sure. Yeah, and Smooth Criminal has that real hard like synth line to it. Yeah. You, Kyle, you were talking about how this is a little bit harder in the. It, yeah. it goes a little bit farther in rock. It goes a little bit harder in synth, it, you know. But it also has a, almost like a little bit more of a softer side. So it's. I feel like this with Thriller, it had that perfect unity, um, but this one sort of like pulls it out, like the spectrum out. Uh, to to expand in all directions, right? Yeah, it's definitely broadening to. It's it's trying to throw a wider that. net. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's smart. I mean, nine singles. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get. It's like the cars. Someone's gonna like your music, no matter who they are, by doing nine singles, and those nine singles run the gamut mm-hmm. of uh, of the your sort of like musicality mm-hmm. exactly yeah you put it exactly it's it's a rainbow someone's gonna pick their favorite color yep and everybody wins yep just before or after uh his hair caught on fire during that pepsi commercial it's hard to know because i think this was part of like the pepsi tour era mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and this was also the time when he was growing out his jerry curl so i think it was a yeah. mixture of the the lengthened jerry curl and the pyrotechnics but it was a Pepsi. It was a, it was a commercial. It was not part of the tour when his hair caught fire. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I have a feeling that it was like right around now, either right before the album release or right after. What does everybody think of a uh, man in the mirror? I mean, I, I like it. It's it's a real like sappy song, and it's one of the few songs on the album not written by Michael Jackson. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and the drums on it are kind of simple with that like Lynn nine thousand, but. I mean, it's it's clean and it's crisp and it and it makes him. I feel like he's emoting on this song in, in a personal way more than than the other ones. Which yeah, is weird. Yeah, I I've heard a lot of people say that oh, it's such a sappy, terrible song, and some people say, oh, it's a great song. I love it. Um, I'm you know I'm kind of in the middle. I do love the key change, the the oh, sort of yeah. backing chorus, the choir that yeah. comes up at the at the end, that key change, and oh, it just that's wonderful. Uh, you know, we're going to get that with uh, like a prayer and Madonna and, uh, you know, a bunch of other 80s uh, choirs. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but I used yeah. to think it was kind of gauche, but like the heart's there, you know, yeah. and it was the 80s. People needed to stop being selfish assholes back yeah. then. Yeah. And he was, on. Oh, right. you know, we are the world. And th- this I feel like he wanted his own version of that. We are the world kind of uh, sentimentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe on this this video too. It has a bunch of like heartwarming or like uplifting like yeah. videos. Baby Jessica who got yeah. rescu- well, rescued. Well, I think it's, yeah, it's a there. mixture yeah. of like horrible things yeah. like Hitler and and then you know and then these you know, redemptive things. Yeah, baby Jessica being rescued. But like, yeah. there's definitely pictures of like Hitler and yeah. like you know uh, atrocities that are portrayed at, at one part. Have you guys ever seen Street Fighter the movie? Oh yeah. Does it feature? Uh, the song? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Man in the Mirror video with with all the the bad stuff. That's like when they're programming. Uh, <laughs> oh, programming Blanca, Blanca? To, oh, Blanca okay. to be bad, and then like the uplifting parts of the song is where they they program him to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I I believe you, but 
uh, Street Fighter, uh, you were served an ad on Facebook for the Blu-ray of Street Fighter, the movie. I bought that motherfucker. <laughs> and then that oh. gave Claire COVID. It gave, it gave Claire COVID. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> she instantly got COVID after yep. like halfway through that movie. <laughs> I mean, there was no COVID before Cats came out, but we're not talking about that on the podcast. Oh, that's, my God. That's some, that's some stuff. Oh. <laughs> Fact check. Uh, Street Fighter, though. Uh <laughs> I believe that was Raul Julia's final movie. That is correct. It was. Yeah. What a way to go out. <laughs> Did it for his kids, Josh. But Man of the Mirror, though, like, so I am one of those people, Birch, that loves this song. Awesome. Okay. Um, and, and I admit that it's super cheesy. It's, you know, but as you mentioned, the, like the builds and that sort of like ethereal, like powerful sort of, you know, uh, I think Kyle brought up the, you know, the church rock or whatever, like the spiritual sort of stuff that we'll get into a lot in the 80s. But, uh, but I like it. It works for me. It's it's cheesy. It's silly. It's ridiculous. But so are the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff that's way worse, way cheesier uh, and makes me feel not as awesome as this does. Yeah. I think oh, Josh, se- you, have a, you have a good heart. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think he sells it with the way he pronounces mirror. 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 <laughs> that, oh, man. yeah. The oh, mirror. and how he's going to feel real good. Yeah. Shaman. Yeah. Shaman <laughs> yeah. feel real good. Sometimes you need to remember Shimon. Absolutely. Yeah, my appreciation for that song in the past, like, five to ten years has has gone up a little bit. 35 million copies sold worldwide. Best-selling. It's uh, better than bad. It's good. Yeah, one of the best-selling albums of all time. Uh, 2021, it was certified 11 times platinum. Yeah, pretty good. Nominated for six Grammy Awards, including Best Engineered, Non-Classical, Best Music Video for Leave Me Alone, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting. And in 88, Jackson received the first Billboard Spotlight Award in recognition of the record-breaking chart success of the Billboard Hot 100. This has to be the last time we hear from MJ in this book, right? Hmm. You know, I would imagine so, yeah. I can't, I, we I, might have a Janet, but yeah, but, yeah, not, but not MJ. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah. going to have a Janet. We need to have some Janets. Yeah. Ooh, we do. Yeah. But just amazing, we, amazing We won't get dancing. Dangerous. We won't get Black and White. I mean, I that's can't imagine first. Dangerous is in here. No. We've already had three. We've had Off the Wall. Black and White had some big ones. Remember the time and... I'm just uh, going to start looking this up every Dangerous, time. yeah. Jam. Yeah, I mean, Black black or White was huge. Mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin, and y'all. It was kind of like, yeah, and it was transitioning into the 90s. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Had morphing. Yeah. He never. Yeah. Never right. In the video. On, yeah. Uh, the cost of the effects that they, you know, debuted. Yeah. yeah they debuted that, uh, that music video, like right after an episode of the Simpsons, if I can mm-hmm. remember correctly. Yep. No, no more, no more MJ. No. This is right. it. Yeah. That's what I thought. They, they don't want to get into a weird territory. There's Once way, you- way, way more exciting things happening in 1991. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. would agree with that. It's a really good year for music. Yeah, that's true. 
this one is this one? This one that we got right now, Dirty Diana. It comes out weird. It comes out oh, like, okay. wow. So it comes out. Yeah, I think Dirty Diana is just, the first time I heard it, I was like, he's trying to be Prince. What is this nonsense? I, But you just have to take it for, for what it is. They had a very big rivalry, and I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a little reactionary because I love Prince so much, and it's um, it's like I'm very protective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want anybody ripping Prince off because he's his own thing. Right. I don't think you could even do it. You can attempt it. I don't it, think but... you can rip yeah. off Prince. Right. I think yeah. it's impossible to do. Yeah. The Minneapolis sound. like. Yeah. Mm. Now, you were talking about Prince, you know, maybe being on Bad as a duet. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. Prince said at the time, though, when Michael presented it to it, Quincy sat them both down and Prince said, you don't need me. This is already a hit. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Prince was actually saying this will be a hit? You don't need me or I don't want to do this. Probably both. Yeah, I don't want to contribute to your success. <laughs> well, I mean, and also it's very Prince, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, can you think of any other real songs where Prince duetted? other than his own like team and protégés, right? Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't go on other people's like Prince is Prince and Michael Jackson's Michael Jackson. He probably, he probably would have done the duet if he could have stolen Michael Jackson's girlfriend. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I mean, but it's pretty amazing that Prince was at a level at that time to, to turn down what was considered, you know, one of the hottest, biggest stars at the time in, it's almost point. a guaranteed success single. It, it is weird to think about all these people on this particular album that turned down the collabs. It's right. basically everyone he asked except for Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I so. mean, Whitney Houston had her album coming out. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Barbara Streisand, I guess, just was just not feeling it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Weird. But with the two of them, though, I mean, Whitney was very young at the time. So, I mean, that was coming into the beginning of her successful career, Barbara was, had already been very famous, right? Yeah. So yeah, it might've just been a timing thing for them, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Birch, that it sort of does feel personal for Prince. Yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't need it. I don't, whatever you're doing, that's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm on my own. I'm on my own trip over here. So, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. So what's your favorite song? on it and what do you think is the best pop song on it i'm just gonna say both are smooth criminal <laughs> i would say yeah probably smooth criminal but the way you make me feel might be the mm-hmm. best pop song it's very very it's really good uh danceable yeah and i feel like it just comes on the radio it's it's got that sort of like any song that has a romantic feel to it that also mm-hmm. is like yes. fun mm-hmm. it's gonna knock yeah. it out of the box yeah yeah I think it appeals hits, to more yeah. people. Yes. Smooth Criminal that, has a little bit more of an edge. Yeah, I guess I'm just really, I love the song, but I also love the video where he does the zero gravity lean. Oh, absolutely. And then oh, it's great. Yeah. knowing that they patent a way to do that on stage with removable pegs that hook into your shoes. Yeah. I mean, it still takes a ton of core strength, but it's like just pioneering that kind of choreography and stuff and putting that together with the music and putting that together with your mind, you know, at the time seeing that for the first time yeah you're just like it just it just blew me away yeah speaking of videos did you watch the video for the way you make me feel was anybody uncomfortable by that video (laughs) it is yeah it's a little uncomfortable that lady looks really young yeah and he they're just like humping the ground Mm. for like a minute at the beginning they're like 
chest touching, and then they just get on the ground and start humping the ground in an alley. Oh, <laughs> I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I have like a DVD of Michael Jackson videos. <laughs> Is it called in addition Moonwalk? <laughs> Moonwalker? <laughs> no, I've got Moonwalker on VHS. I've got uh, Michael Captain Jackson EO? number ones on DVD. Yeah. Captain Neo, I did watch recently, and Cop- Coppola. Uh, yes, Francis Coppola. Ford Coppola. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola. It's absolutely. It's the highest budget, shortest. It's the most money spent per minute of film. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Okay. And and that's before you start factoring like the special effects that were in black or white or something, right? Because I thought the the special effects cost in that blew it out the roof. That would probably, yeah, that would yeah. probably. Yeah, if you're talking about just like straight up sets and people and design mm-hmm. and bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that was super pricey. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had a half hour special taped off of TV called like The Making of Captain EO. <laughs> <laughs> and it had Gil Gerard from uh, Buck Rogers. And they showed <laughs> scenes from like Tron and Star Wars. Wow. It's my favorite video of all time. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, quintessential 80s album. Bad. I remember thinking this, this, you know, kind of remembering uh, when a uh, bad came out and everyone being just super excited about it. It's like one. of Yeah, the- it was it was a phenomenon. Yeah, it kind of had to be. Uh, is everybody on the positive? Is anybody wavering? I think I am. Yeah, I'm going to go positive. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, a couple stinkers, a couple fine. Like Josh said, mostly good. I mean, or mostly great. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a good roller skating album. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Stay tuned for Kyle's Patreon best songs to roller skate to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. I want to hear Last Kyle's action roller hero. skate mix. <laughs> Soundtrack. Number one. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Pet Shop Boys, actually. All right. Thanks, y'all.